have been in a great series. It's all about abiding in God. And um, I love it. And I'll admit that when I saw on the preaching roster that I got to speak a word in this series, that made me really excited because there's really nothing I like preaching more about than relationship. Like I love relationships. And, um, and really at the essence of it all, it's, it's what Christianity is all about. Like we, when you choose to follow God, we didn't go, hey, I'm coming into a club. It's going to be awesome. Or I'm signing up for a religion. But the very essence of what we chose to do was to start a relationship with Jesus. And so the talking and the learning and the hearing from God about abiding in him is the very thing that, that we want to do. And that's all what Christianity is about. And so we've been reading from a passage here and I'm going to get you to grab out your Bibles and read along with me in John 15. And today we're going to read from verses 1 to 12. So this is Jesus and he's talking to his disciples and it's right at the end of his life and we know that he's telling them what is most important and so we really need to pay attention. So John 15 verse 1, he says, I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Just in case you forgot, he did say that again. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is picked up and thrown away and withers. Such branches are thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. And I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. There is a lot in that scripture and we've been blessed to hear from Pastor Keith and Pastor Jez who have brought us revelation on this relationship that God invites us into. A relationship, as Pastor Jez reminded us, it's about being in God. It's not doing things for him. It's not about being employed by God. But we are actually invited right into the heart of the Father to live life with him. And then Pastor Keith spoke on, you know, this is where you'll find your purpose. Life isn't about just doing things and going through the motions and getting to the end of your day. And the best thing that you've got to look forward to is maybe a holiday at the end of the year. But life is about finding purpose in him. And when you have that, like every day is an adventure. Every day is exciting. And that's not just something to throw out there and go, oh, yeah, that's great, Pastor Keith, for you. You're a pastor. This is something that's for every one of us. There is meaning and purpose in what you do. And my prayer is that this revelation has inspired you to more. Because when I read this passage, I just can't help but see a picture of life. 
There's just so much life in here. There's this life that is flowing from Jesus. He's the vine and it's flowing out to us. We're the branches and they're producing fruit. Like this is the intended purpose of your life when you follow Christ. It's that you would be fruitful. And if there's one thing I know about God is he never does things just in little bits. The intention is that your life is abundantly fruitful. Like I think of when the spies in um, the Old Testament, they went into the promised land, right? They go to check it out. This is the land that God has promised his people. And they come back and they're like, this place is amazing. Like it is flowing with milk and honey. And you've got these two big, burly, strong guys carrying this branch of grapes that was too big that they couldn't carry it by themselves. This is the picture of God. A lot. Your life is abundant. A lot. But you know, maybe you've been listening to this. Maybe you don't feel like a grape. Maybe you feel a bit like a dried currant. They're nice to eat, but they don't look very nice. And they don't have a lot of life in it, right? All the juices have been sucked out of it. And maybe you're kind of going, you know what? When I hear this scripture and I see that picture I feel like once upon a time, I really was thriving. Once upon a time, you know, Jesus was my everything. And and maybe right now, he's still super important to me. But if I'm really honest, he's not actually at the center of everything that I am and everything that I do. Or maybe life just hasn't worked out as you expected. And maybe even you just, if you're really honest, a little bit frustrated with God, even a little bit angry Because where, God, is this abundant, abiding, fruitful, amazing life that I thought I was going to find? And as I'm praying about this, the Holy Spirit just dropped this phrase. And it was the activity of abiding. And I heard it and I'm like, what? Activity. Like, we are not talking about doing here, God. We are talking about being. Why would you drop this phrase into my spirit? But if there's one thing that I know about God is that I know when he's talking to me because it's something that my very logical brain would not logically go to. And I know enough that when I get a thought like that, that I just need to lean in and listen to what it is that he's trying to say. And I felt the spirit say to me, yes, it's absolutely about being. We are invited to be in him. But we often as humans like to go, okay, well, it's not about doing anymore. I'm going to come right over here and it's all about being. There's no more doing. And God said to me, no, 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 because abiding is not a passive activity. It's not an activity we just go, and now I'm just going to have my kumbaya moments with God. My long walks in the beach and that's what my entire life looks like because the truth is nobody's life looks like that. And neither does a relationship. If you actually look at in verse 4, if you flick back to verse 4 and he actually says remain, like so that first word, remain or abide, it's actually a verb in the active voice. It's a doing word. Abiding is doing. It is something that you do or it is a state that you are in. The doing part, though, is not doing for God, but it absolutely is doing something to be in God. It's doing for relationship. It's building a relationship. And I'm going to give Georgia and Zach some free marriage advice here. So I've been married for 12 years now, and uh, 
I, I was thinking you, you might write lovely cards or letters and then I went, they probably don't do that anymore. <laughs> you probably just write emails and texts. But anyway, when Simon and I were dating, we would write cards and letters to each other and when we moved house last year, I found some of those cards and letters. Oh, they're beautiful. They're highly aspirational. <laughs> they, um, they were full of promise and love, and all these things that we were going to be and do. Now, the good news is that as I read those words, I'm like, I still agree with these statements. So that's a sign that we're doing something okay in those 12 years. But it was funny because as I read them, I kind of went, wow, I feel like these words have got a bit of grunt behind them now. Like they're not just things that I wrote on a page, but I actually have lived them. I've done something to make those words become a reality in our relationship. And likewise, Simon has done something back so that those words actually are not just words, but they're actually the expression of our relationship now. You know, it didn't just happen because on one Saturday, we stood next to each other and we said, I do, and then went and lived in the same house together. And maybe some of you grew up under a marriage like that or maybe that's the expression of your marriage and you would know firsthand that a relationship like that is not an abundant one it's not a life-giving one you know abiding in God is not actually automatic and proximity doesn't guarantee intimacy just because we come to church or just because we follow a famous preacher on Instagram and we repost his amazing quotes well, just because we read a book doesn't actually mean that we are in a life-giving, authentic, genuine, abiding relationship in Jesus. These things are really, really great and they do build into your Christian life, but they cannot replace your active pursuit of Jesus. And do you know what? I do not have a whole bunch of points for you today. I did. I had some really, really good points on Wednesday and Thursday, and Friday. But God just kept grabbing me and going, Mel, this is not about more words. You've got a great foundational revelation that Pastor Jez and Pastor Keith have laid out for us in these past two weeks. This message today has to be the, well, what are we going to do now that we actually know this? What are we going to do? Because abiding isn't reading a scripture. We can hear so many sermon series and then just walk away the next day. And they stay in our journal and we don't actually ever go back to them. They were great. And we'll talk about, oh, wasn't that a great message that Pastor Nate preached on Sunday? But that's not abiding. Abiding in God is letting that scripture change and transform your life. Christianity is not a title. It's actually meant to be a transformed life. It's meant to demonstrate a relationship with the living, active God. You are absolutely a new creation when you believe in Jesus. You are grafted into the vine and verse 3 tells us that's secure. You are that. But there are some really important actions that are a part of growing up and becoming mature disciples. And I just feel like this is a word in season today where God goes, are you just going to get so comfortable in more knowledge? 
and call it revelation? Or are you actually going to call it revelation that actually is revelation, where it changes your life, where we walk out of here and we look back on this moment in time and we go, you know what? We were a church. Look at these people. They didn't just talk about abiding. Because if you've been around church, you know, for longer than maybe a couple of years, you've already heard a, a sermon about having a relationship with Jesus. But we look back on this moment and go, they didn't just hear about Jesus and abiding in him. They actually abided in him. And look at the fruit that flowed out of these people. What was it back then? And we look back and we go, it's because we were changed by the revelation. So I don't know. Is anybody with me today? Because I'll let you in on a secret. I was a debater at school and I was a really good one. And I'm probably a good one at home too. (laughs) But I'm trying to let the fruit of the spirit of whatever (laughs) change that. (laughs) But the last thing I want to do today is just get up here with some wise and persuasive words. I don't want to do that. I want us to, I want the Holy Spirit to get a hold of us. I just, I want him to get a hold of you at home. I don't just want this to be another ticker box church. We're done. I want the Holy Spirit to grab us like he has grabbed me this week and not let go. And we don't let go. And we go, you know what? Today, I've got to do something with this revelation. I've got to do something with it. So can we pray? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are with us. You are the presence of Jesus When Jesus is not there, so you are with us here. You are with us wherever we are watching from. And Holy Spirit, I know you've got a word, not just for some of us, but for every single one of us today. And I declare that you are going to grab people's hearts. And Lord, I pray that we will not let go, that we would not be satisfied with anything less than actually abiding in you, Jesus, and that this is a turning point in our lives that we spring from into an incredible relationship with you. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? Amen. Amen. All right, so how about we go back to verse 1 because it's always a good place to start. So John 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, just like I maybe have been highly aspirational in the card writing, I am also a highly aspirational gardener. I have great hopes for myself. But I am also, if I'm really truthful, an incredibly neglectful gardener. So I am all flurry but no consistency. I want the end product, but I forget it. Honestly, I, I don't mean to neglect it, but I just forget. And I get really inspired when I talk to like Pastor Nate or someone like an Andrew Yu. These guys love gardens and I want a garden just like them, but it never actually eventuates. And I actually have no idea what I'm doing. So I have these two amazing gardens out the back of my house that were put there by my parents and my father-in-law. And my job is just try not to kill it Um, or try actually to have something in it that's not a weed. So anyway, I walk up to the back one day and there is this green vine growing everywhere. Like it was everywhere. And so me being me, 
pulls it all out, right? Pulls it out, fills up the green bin. I'm like, I've done it. I've got rid of the weeds. The gardens are looking schmick again. And I'm telling my mum on the phone later on about this and she's going, Melanie, that was probably something. (laughs) I put a whole bunch of compost in that garden bed and something probably sprung up. Don't pull it out. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I noticed a couple of weeks later, this green vine was coming back again. So this time I left it. That green vine went everywhere, like over the garden beds, down the grass. And it was a pumpkin vine. And this winter, we got 18 pumpkins from this pumpkin vine. And they were the most amazing pumpkins that you've ever tasted. So that's me and Gardening 101. Now, this verse in here speaks of a gardener. Like, we have been reading this passage and we've spoken a lot about the vine and we've spoken a lot about the branches, but there's a third part in here and it's a gardener. And the great news today is I'm not the gardener of your life, but the truth is that you have one. Your Father God is a gardener in your life. He is the part that looks over the whole thing. And my point today, my single point, so you can remember it, is that the foundational action, if you want to do something to begin abiding in Jesus, is that you have to align and trust the gardener. Now, alignment or submission gets a pretty bad rap in our culture. Like, we don't like it. It's a go your own way, do your own thing. You don't have to follow anyone. You know what you want, just go for it. But I can't help but see throughout the entire scripture that that is not actually the culture of the kingdom. And Jesus, our greatest example, taught and lived that there is incredible power in aligning your life to the master gardener. Like he was God and he aligned his life to his father. And just after this passage, he goes into the garden to pray to his father. And in Mark 14, 36, he says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will done, not mine. And right in this moment, Jesus is speaking about the cross. I mean, if you think you're having a bad day with what God is asking you to do, then we've got to remember Jesus. And if you don't understand and trust that the gardener that he was talking to is perfectly good and perfect love, then you would think this is the most horrible plan that ever was and that he is a horrible gardener. But we know the end of the story. He's not. That was the plan that saved all of humanity. He is a good, good, good father. He is perfect in love and he has a plan for your life and he is overlooking that and he wants you to align with that. But we have to decide that we're going to trust him. We have to decide that true joy, true peace, true love, true everything that we actually want is in him. Now, I was gardening again this week. It's amazing. I haven't done this much gardening in a long time. But I was um, cutting back the mulberry tree only because I need some space for something. But I won't tell you because it's Christmas. But um, I was struck by the fact that this mulberry tree, it's awesome. It's one of my favourite trees in the backyard. 
But it had grown all in on itself. And it was really hard to cut one branch from another because if I cut this one, I kind of ended up cutting that one because it was all entwined around each other. And I was just struck that whilst these branches are choosing which way to go, outside of a good gardener's direction, namely me, they end up in a massive mess. You know, and there were great branches in there that bared a lot of fruit. And my heart for that branch was, I just need to get this other mess out of here and I need to cut out some of these other extra branches that are stealing nutrients from your really good ones. That is the God. That's what he does. And I just, it struck me as I'm cutting these things and God just goes, how often do we think or forget that we're the branches? How often are we telling God, well, I just want to go this way. Why don't you catch up with me? Or we're complaining in the pruning because it's so unfair. This is so unfair, God. Or maybe somewhere along the line, we just had this little compromise by little compromise by little compromise until we end up in a place where we kind of go, oh, Jesus, you're important, but I feel like you're there and I'm way over here if I'm actually honest about my alignment with you. I remember when um, we were looking to move our business out of our home into a commercial property. And at the time to do that, you needed to have a development application from council to be able to renovate and run a business from a commercial property. And so we would find these properties and we would sign a lease pending a DA and then we'd go to council and we'd try and get a DA. And in the process of waiting for council to do the DA, often the lease would go. They'd just lease it to somebody else. And this kept happening over and over again. And, and people would say to us, oh, you don't need to do the DA bit. You don't, don't worry about it. Nobody does that. Oh, they just get it after. It doesn't matter. But we had made a decision that our business was going to be aligned to the kingdom. In everything that we did, it was going to demonstrate the kingdom of God. And we felt that this little thing right here was this moment of either we're going to stay in integrity to who we say we are and who we say God is or we're going to compromise. And we just went, no, we're going to stay. We're going to stick the line. We're going to align with Jesus. And do you know what? I can look back now and see so many blessings in that alignment. We missed out on a lot of really doozy properties. And, and we didn't know that we were going to be there for 10 years at the time. We weren't looking for that. But the property that we were in, one by one, other tenants moved out and we expanded three times over. It got us through the entire period before our new building was actually built. And anybody who knows business, if we'd had to move three times in that process, that would have been huge for a business. And God just reminded me, that it's in the alignment of our lives, it's in the little decisions. If you're asking, okay, that's great, Mel, but how do I actually align with him? It's in those little decisions each and every day, either my culture in me, my life, the words that I say, the things that I do, they either align with God and his kingdom principles or they're just doing what's easy for me. You know, if we read in John 15, uh, sorry, verse 9... He says, as my father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that your joy may be in, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
And my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Ah, oh, Mel, don't mention the commands bit. Just stick with the love. Just preach about the love. The problem is that the scripture says that the commands are like a condition to the love. If we follow his commands, we will remain in his love. If we do what he loves, if we do what he asks us to do, that is how we actually abide in him. The abiding life is the obedient life. It is the life that is aligned to the Father. And the command he gives, I love it. It's love others. One command, as I have loved you. I kind of think God knows us pretty good. We're really easy just to go, I'm just going to do what works for me. And he says, no, 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 no. Just stick in this place where you are in my love. And because you're in my love, that love is flowing out to others. And that's where all this fruit comes from that he talks about. That is the mark of the Christian life. You know, I know that people can tell who you are aligned to by looking at your life. Okay? So the question that we need to be really honest, be brutally honest sometimes is, is my life pointing people to Christ or is it just pointing to me? Or is it pointing to something else or someone else? And this, honestly, is where abiding moves from this really nice thought out here to this practical, gritty, everyday action, which isn't always easy because this is where you're going to find yourself tomorrow and you're going to have a decision to make. You're going to wake up first thing in the morning and the question is, am I going to spend time with Jesus or am I going to scroll through social media? Which one am I going to start my day with? And then you might find yourself in a conversation and you go, am I going to align with Jesus and love this person or am I going to join in the complaining about them? Like these are the little decisions that we make each and every day. And I guarantee you because the scripture tells us that if you choose in those moments to align with him, then you're going to discover this abiding life in him and fruit's going to well up in you and love's going to flow from you and you're not going to have made that happen. God will make that happen through you. But it comes out of aligning and abiding with him. Do you know my, one of my favorite people in scripture is Paul. That man abided in Christ. Like if you want to know where to start, if you want someone to follow, read Paul. Read his letters. Read what he actually says. Do you know in Philippians 3.8 he says this. What is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. This man went through more persecution and hardships than you and I will even know in our like smallest finger. And yet that was the cry of his heart. And I just felt the Holy Spirit grab us today and go, is that the cry of our heart? Like, honestly, is that what we live for? That everything is a complete loss compared to knowing Christ. That we would wake up, we would live, and we would go to sleep with him in the center of it all. 
Do you know in verse 7 in this scripture it says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And the Holy Spirit said to me as I'm reading this, he goes, Will this word abide in us today? Will this word of aligning our lives with him and choosing to act upon the revelation that God has given us, will it abide in our heart today or is it going to just come in and is it going to go out because we've got awesome things to do this afternoon and we've got a life to live tomorrow and somewhere along the way that word doesn't abide in our heart. Now I'm going to just finish with an example. I've, I've got a couple of plants here that the girls are going to bring up. For me, because as I said, I just I didn't want today just to be about words. Today's got to be about making a decision and, and kind of changing the direction of our life from which way that we go. And and I actually saw this picture. I actually saw this weeks and weeks ago. I didn't really know where it fit, but I've got two plants here, and I hope you can see them. Which one do you think is mine? <laughs> Not that one. This is my plant. And you probably wouldn't believe it, but these plants were actually bought at a similar time. This is a lovely plant from a tune, which Simon had bought these plants for the business. And um, I saw them one day and I said, oh, they're really nice. And he said, yeah, you can't kill them. And I went, that's my type of plant. Right, I'm getting some of these for my home. Okay, so bought the same time. Now, in my defence, when we moved house last year... This is an indoor plant and it was moved by the removalists and they left it outside. So for six months over winter, this poor plant suffered through the cold and the rain and whatever else happened and I didn't realise until we actually moved back into the house and when I found it, it was like root rot. But it is true, you can't kill them. This plant is coming back and that's another whole sermon somewhere. But um, this is actually two plants to make this even more ridiculous. This is two of these put together. That's one, that's the other. Anyway, it's not about my gardening. The reason I put these two plants up today is because when I see them, I feel like it's the picture of what we're talking about. I feel like it's the choice that we have to make. This one here is a plant that is existing. This one is in Christ. This is a life in Christ, right? So you are grafted in. You do have relationship with Jesus. There is some green. There's some fruit to the life. But when I look at this one, I go, I want to be this. This plant looks awesome. This one's abundant. This one's thriving. Like when I look at this, I just think, oh, that's, that's awesome. I like it. I want this. I want, th I want my life to look like this one. And the difference between this life and this life is this abiding relationship in Jesus. And I just wonder as you look at these plants today, I just want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Which one is maybe a little more reflective of your life right now? And do you know what? We have seasons in our life and this isn't about whether you're totally aligned with God or totally not aligned with God. Do you know we can absolutely have parts of our lives aligned with Jesus? Um, but, but it's not this entirety, this abundant thriving. And I'd also like to point out, can you see how we're missing some leaves? This is also not about perfection. This plant is not perfect. It's got some wriggly bits. and It's not about perfection. It's about life. 
It's about abundant life flowing through us. Our lives are not going to look perfect, but they will look full of life, full of love, full of joy and full of peace. And maybe today you're just kind of feeling in the spirit, I'm just feeling a bit out of alignment. Or maybe I'm just really struggling to trust him right now, to trust this gardener. And I want to encourage you that I feel like the Holy Spirit is drawing this line in the sand and going, don't move from this moment without making a decision to do something to change. And there's no set activity as to what this looks like. There's no set activity as to what abiding in Christ looks like. It might look like tomorrow you do choose to pick up your Bible instead of your phone. It might choose that on your run in the morning, you talk to God instead of just listening to another podcast. It might mean that you jump on your motorbike and go for a long ride and just chat with God. It looks like a whole bunch of different things to different people, but what it is is a desire for God and a follow through with him. It's being not okay with just existing. It's being not okay with that. Because we're called to more. We are called to live an abiding, thriving, abundant life with Jesus. And so I'm going to ask you, I know that it's different and we're not actually together. And I know that it's a bit funny when you're in your lounge room. But I really feel like God is asking the question, hey, I've grabbed your heart. Will you hang on and abide in me in this? And so I just want you all to close your eyes whether you're here or whether you're at home. And I just want you to do something. You might stand. You might kneel. You might hold out your hands to God. It doesn't matter what you do. But there is something significant in going, God, I don't want to just exist anymore. God, I I want to be in you. I want everything that this scripture talks about because I want you. I want you more than anything else in the world. Nothing else compares to you. And you might not fully feel that in your heart, but you do feel the Holy Spirit tugging you. And I tell you that if you lean into that and if you follow the Spirit on that journey, you will be in that place where just like Paul, you say everything is garbage compared to knowing Christ. Like I don't think any of us are at that place. There is something the Holy Spirit wants to arrest in all of our lives. This word today has spoken to me like I am responding today to say God I don't want anything else in my life apart from you so I just ask you to do something now just do something to respond to the Holy Spirit and let's pray Holy Spirit we invite you I invite you into every home, every heart. I believe that you are speaking to every life right now and that we cannot just move on from this moment and hear another nice sermon. Because Holy Spirit, you got so much more for us. And you love us with a love that is so abounding. And you love this world with a love. And you... you called us to relationships so that as disciples we would show your love to this world. Holy Spirit would you forgive us for going our own way 
for maybe not just making you the centre of everything, for somehow losing that burning desire in us where you are everything to us. Would you forgive us? And I know that you come in complete love. There is no condemnation in Jesus. You call us into this relationship by love. You call us into it because you have the best for us, Holy Spirit. You are calling people in now and we respond to you. We choose to abide in you. We choose to act on the revelation that this relationship is who we are meant to be. We are meant to be in abiding relationship with you. We choose that today. Holy Spirit, would you be with each person as tomorrow they face the choices of aligning with you. Holy Spirit, speak into their heart. And I pray that we would respond. And God, I just want to pray for people that are struggling to trust you right now. Stuff has happened in that world. Holy Spirit, would you minister to that hurt and that pain and that separation? You know what it is. I pray that you would minister to that, that they may know the love of the Father, which is sure and secure. I want to encourage you that if that is you, go to the Word of God. Look at what He says about Himself. And go to people that you see are abiding in Jesus. Don't just be with people who will agree with you. If you don't feel like God is love, talk to somebody who knows God's love and let their testimony wash over you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We just thank you that you're there and our relationship is in you and it's secure in you. And it's not things that we have to do for you, but that. Just as we turn to you and we choose to align in you and to trust you, that that relationship will flow and that we will abide, abide in you. And, you know, you might be watching in and you may not have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what the start of all of this actually is. You know, God loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, so that when you believe in him, you can have eternal life. This is the beginning of this one. This is what grafts you into the family of Jesus. It's kind of strange language, but outside of him, you are actually outside of Jesus. We make our own choices and that sin actually separates us from God. But at any moment, any moment, we can choose to accept the gift of Jesus, which is that he died for us. He took on our sins, he forgave us and he made a way for us to begin this relationship with God. And when we believe in Jesus and we say you'll be the Lord of our lives, then we are welcome into this relationship with Jesus. This is the beginning. And so if you're with me today and, and maybe God is speaking to you and maybe you've never, ever trusted Jesus and started a relationship with God, would you just pray with me now, Holy Spirit? I thank you that you are with me. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. And I thank you that your forgiveness is mine. And I choose to align my life to you. And I choose to make God, you, Jesus, Lord of my life. And I accept the Holy Spirit to be with me to help live this life. I thank you for what you have done. And I know that I am now a child of God. Amen.
that's just the start of a relationship. And I want to encourage you online, if you've chosen that today, then why don't you click on the live prayer button because we've got some pastors there and they would absolutely love to pray with you and help support you as you begin this relationship. Hey, church, thank you. I'm going to hand back over to Pastor Earl now.